you might be surprised why you don't believe that most personal trainers are worth $150 per session. Welcome back to the Active Life Podcast. I'm Larry Geyer, and today we're in studio with Dr. Sean Pastuch. We are going to walk you through in this three-part series. Scheiße. It's okay. God it's a four, damn it. Keep going. It's a four-part series. This is part three of it. I hope you got at least one German listener here, and I hope you tell me how, my, how I pronounce that. Thanks for saving it. Four-part series. In part three, we are going to walk you through the lens of the average personal trainer so that you can understand what they deal with and why, on average, you don't believe that you should be spending $150 per session out of your own pocket to work with one. And what they can be doing about it to make sure that can be true for themselves and what would need to be true in order for them to do it, as well as how you can find the kind that, even though you're not sure right now, you would be elated to know that if you pay this person $150 per session, you could have something you didn't think you could otherwise have. And I'd like to add that for this one, because of our audience, I believe that the largest group of people on it of the three that we've talked about so far, meaning the medical doctor, the physical therapist slash chiropractor, and the personal trainer, this is going to be the one that most of the people listening actually are one of. Mm. And so I think what's important to discuss on this episode as well is why not only people believe that they shouldn't pay that much for it, but why people believe that they shouldn't be worth that much. Mm -hmm. I'm in. So, my lovely, intelligent, generous population, before we get into the episode, rate it, review it, and share it. Perfect. Walk us through what's going on here. Well, there's a lot going on here. It starts with if if we told the average person walking around that a personal training session is $150 and you're going to need 80 of them to, to reclaim the life that you thought you could live and have over the last 10, 15, 30, 50 years just given up on and it were true most of them would say that's crazy mm. i would never spend that much money on a personal trainer losing complete sight over it's not a personal trainer you're you're paying right. that money you're Is paying 12,000 12 grand yeah. for a life back mm. that's what we're discussing and the reason for that is because the average person does not believe that that life is possible using the trainer as a conduit and the trainer on average does not believe that's possible using them as a conduit that is a dirty truth that those of you listening will admit when you're with yourself by yourself the reason that you would not ask somebody for $150 and the reason that somebody would not believe that you are worth $150 for one training session is because you both lack the confidence that you can deliver on the promise that would be worth $150 per session. Mm -hmm. Period. Period. So now what we need to discuss is how do we get here? How do we get to the point that that's the case? And I believe that there's a really valuable discussion to be had around that. And I think it starts with the, the, the way that a trainer is paid in a commercial gym environment. I believe that's the root of all evil, if you will, as it pertains to this topic. And I'll share why. 
Let's pretend that the commercial gym you work at is billing you out at $150. If you don't know this, it's because you haven't been a trainer in a gym like that. The gym is billing you out at $150. Depending on the volume of sessions that you perform in a given week, month, pay period, whatever the time frame is for that gym, you are most likely being paid on a $150 payment, $50 to $75. Let me repeat that. If the gym bills out $150 for the trainer's service, the trainer is getting paid between $50 and $75 for that service. The way that they get to $75 is if they serve a large volume of sessions during the week. So the gym... At that pay rate. Yeah. So the gym is effectively... Reducing the quality with which a trainer can deliver their service and exchanging reduced quality but increased volume with more money per unit of volume. To be clear, what you're suggesting is that the more sessions that a trainer performs, the lower the quality of each session. That's, I think that that happens at a certain number. At a certain point. So I, I, think, I think after a trainer does, let's say, 25 sessions in a week, session number 26 is not going to be as good. I would agree. And neither will 1 through 26, 25. But the gym is incentivized because they're like, look, we already got, like, we're making plenty of money. If the trainer does this volume, we can pay them a little bit more per. Mm -hmm. So the incentive, the carrot, is volume, not quality. Volume, not quality. The trainer is like, well, wait a minute. I don't want to do 35 sessions a week. That's a crazy town number of sessions. I want to do 2025. To be clear, for those of you who haven't delivered one-on-one -on -one sessions, 35 sessions a week, assuming each one is 60 minutes, is what, 45, 48 hours of energy and consideration and time into those 35 hours that are oh, faced on the floor? Yeah, at least. And I, and I think I think it's even less about the time and it's more about the emotional energy that gets drained. Mm -hmm. You know, like imagine if every conversation that you had with people was a real one mm -hmm. all day that's what that's what a great trainer is doing yeah it's it's the time and the and the emotional load now what happens here is the gym is saying we'll pay you 75 if you're doing let's say 35 sessions in a week but until you get to 30 we're only going to pay you uh 65 <clears throat> and until you get to 25 we're only going to pay you 60 and until you get to 20, we're only going to pay you 50. So the trainer is like, I have to just chase and chase and chase. <clears throat> but if I didn't train in the gym, I could keep all that money for myself. The gym is charging my client $150. <clears throat> if I charged my client 75, I would make the top of what the gym would pay me, no matter how many sessions I do. And if I could do 20 sessions a week making $75 a session, I'd be so happy. So the trainer leaves the gym, starts charging $75. The trainer's happy for a short period of time. Then what they realize is that the opportunities the gym provided to them was a pool of people who were likely to want their service. Covered insurance a room full of equipment and a space to conduct sessions that you believe are, are valuable. 
you're talking about professional practices, liability insurance. So mm -hmm. the, the trainer doesn't have to buy insurance for themselves. Right. Yep. The equipment is there. The space is predictable. Advertising. Air conditioning always works. Mm -hmm. Heat always works. Parking lot has spots. Like all of the things, you don't have to travel. There's no you going from house to house. Right. No equipment to lug, nothing to clean. All of that. Is that worth half or more of your pay? That's that's a secondary conversation. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying it is. But now what happens is you end up getting saddled with all of the things that are required to run a business. Like scheduling, traveling, your gas money, your personal insurance, where am I going to train this person? All of that stuff. So it stops being as much fun. And the trainer doesn't want to play the game of chasing after clients and trying to acquire the next one. So what do they do? How do you reduce the difficulty with which you acquire a client? To somebody who doesn't have ample mentorship, you bring down the price. Why do you bring down the price? Because people tell me it's expensive. And so if I bring down the price, it's just easier for them to afford it. There's less arguments about money. More and people enroll. will buy it. Yep. But more people don't. Or, or in a worst case scenario, they do. And now you start to believe, okay, well, that's what I'm worth. Right. Well, what did we talk about before? What happens after 25 training sessions in a week? Value goes down. Yeah, you start sucking. Yep. And, and you start burning up. And before that even happens, I want you to consider for a second the psyche of the trainer who just had to decide, oh, I was making 75 in the gym, but I'm not worth that. I'm really worth like 60. That's fine. I can do 60. Think about the compromise that person makes with themselves that you make with yourself. The person who would compromise on their value like that is going to have a really hard time asking you, the client, to refuse to compromise on what you get out of life. Because they're doing it. We sell the way we buy. You bought the idea that you're only worth 60 bucks. You're going to have a hard time selling somebody else. They're worth more than that. Mm -hmm. You follow me? Yeah. Now, combine all of that with what does it take to be a trainer? How do you get, how do you get the right to do it? Well, it depends on what state you're in, but the minimum requirement is a CPR certification and a high school degree or similar. That's really low. Uh, some states require you pass a test, which could take 25 minutes to an hour to take with no prior study if you have some intelligence. It's really scary how low the bar is to enter. And then the standard of excellence is that you're supposed to quote care. Care. Well, there's, there shouldn't be any surprise that the only industry that has a higher churn of professional in it is hospitality and service. Very rarely does somebody say, I want to be a waiter when I grow up. There are career waiters, and they do very well. They are working at restaurants where... Dinner's 500 or 600 a pop on average. Yeah. And if they don't show up to work, they don't get paid. So the only industry with 
higher churn, meaning people leaving it, is that than fitness. Hmm. Now, you are 40, 45 years old, 50, older, and you're like, I have real life problems. I, I have put wealth before health for the last 20 years, did well for myself. I know what it's like to work really hard and be excellent and valuable for somebody else. I have kids I want to spend time with, and I genuinely want to feel and look different. Who am I going to hire to help me do that? Remember, people churn out of fitness faster than anything else because they can't make a living doing it. So it's a 23 to 28-year-old with no life experience like theirs who will struggle to empathize with them, who will charge them a low amount of money, which the person who worked really hard for all that time knows is going to come with inefficiencies in their business that are undesirable. They're going to come with uh, a late cancel here and there, a no-show from the trainer here and there, a can you change your time the night before here and there, a what do you want to do today here and there, just not... Inappropriate venting. Yes. Checking the phone. Yes, all of those things. And if you're a trainer who doesn't do those things, let's go back to our part one and part two of this series. You're the outlier. You're the outlier. So you need to treat yourself and your clients like you're the outlier. Because the client who wants to see you is the outlier client. You are the outlier coach. The outlier coach has different business systems. They have different pricing structures. They have different deliverables. They have different everything from the mainstream. There's a reason, Larry, why you don't struggle to acquire clients at $175 to $200 a session. It's because you're the outlier. It's not because you're in Beverly Hills. We're not. Hmm. Right. So, so in other words, the, the whole point of people won't pay for that here. Nonsense. Right. There's a reason why we charge $150 a session and the volume doesn't matter at Active Life Long Beach. And there's a reason why people who come in and buy say this is exactly what I need. Mm -hmm. Not, oh, wow, that's a lot of money. Can you do something about the price? They know it's what they need. Mm -hmm. And no one's ever talked to them that way before. Mm -hmm. So what we're stuck in is this world where because, you know, we, we, we learn from the person who just went through it. Most people who've gone through it in the fitness industry and come out on the other side uh, did it by leveraging somebody else's time. They did it by running into a group and putting one person in charge of a lot of people. And so that's why it's natural for someone who works in a group fitness environment to say, I want to own a group fitness business like this one day. Right. Without seeing the numbers, by the way. Right. Because they believe they'll be able to leverage their time and the energy better. Yes. Hmm. Um, and, they, and they want to believe that providing that group service is going to provide the outcome to the client. That yeah, the I want the opportunity to help 150 people. Right, for a low price. Most personal trainers who are in the business 20 plus years, um, most are, are charismatic. They're not necessarily great at their job. They're great at acquiring a client mm. and making it fun. 
It is the outlier who's genuinely able to deliver the result that the person is looking for. And so that takes education, mentorship, time, and intention to become. We at Active Life aim to accelerate that with our ALP mentorship program. Most people who are able to do it without something like that have really good mentors in their life. By the way, in terms of communication and social skills, yep. In terms of business, yep. It all, all in terms of their technical skills, mm -hmm. yeah. It's like finding a professional athlete in your town hmm. for the for the client, right? So the reason why you, the client, like it, it's actually this, this actually works out well. The client, your client, or you, the person who we're talking to, who doesn't think the trainer's worth one fifty, you wouldn't, you would never in your wildest dreams pay $500 to go watch the high school basketball team play tonight. Never. You'd pay that for an NBA game, though. You're definitely, if you want to go see the Knicks, you're paying it. Right. If you want to go see the Knicks in the playoffs. You're paying quadruple. Yes. So for how does, a decent seat. So how does that happen? They're both basketball. Yeah. They're both basketball. Think about that. Nobody will pay that around here. Well, how many people, when you go in, in New York we take the train to the city. So if, and that's where the games are played. On game night, go to the train station. How many people are wearing jerseys getting on the train? They're not going to a bar in the city. They're going to the game. Yep. There are 30,000 people there. And how many of them are rich? Right. <laughs> the point is, that game is worth it. Right. The high school game that they could ride their bike to, they wouldn't pay $5 for admission. They won't go for free. Mm -hmm. So it's not about basketball. It's about who's playing. It's about what they're getting out of the game. Yes. So what I'm describing here is that the reason why the average trainer coach is uncomfortable charging 150, the reason why the average person is uncomfortable paying 150, is because there is a low likelihood that the person that you are or the person that you are going to be paying is the professional athlete in your town who's worth the 150. And it needs to be demonstrative and undeniable before somebody is going to decide that you are. In part one and part two of the series, I enjoyed the way that you described how the providers were behaving in the context of the systems mm -hmm. that they can use to make a living. Can you do that for the for the average trainer here with respect to, to how they start their career, their education? Yeah, well, the, the, I thought we did that a little bit. Maybe I didn't do it as well because it's less, it's less convoluted. Well, well, you described that the barrier to entry is low. But one of the things that I've heard you describe well in the past is how um, these these certification bodies, these mm -hmm. credentialing bodies, the accreditation bodies, they, they advertise an offer. Mm -hmm. on sale courses yeah etc cetera, etc cetera. yeah, yeah. So, so the whole okay so action aligns with incentive and people follow what their leaders do so action follows incentive means if i do this thing i get what i want from it if i don't get what i want i stop doing the thing it's conditioning mm -hmm. then we follow our leaders because our leaders seem to know what actions are necessary to get the appropriate incentive our leaders in the fitness industry are the certifying bodies these certifying bodies are putting out CEU, continuing education units, that allow you to keep your certification that are courses like being a glute expert, 
being a uh, social media a social media influencer. Two forty nine, like, by the way. Right, and and these are the courses the trainers are actually buying, but they never buy them at full price. They're always listed at three fifty, marked down to two fifty. Right. If you buy within the next seventeen hours, but what's interesting is if you go to the website two days in a row, it's the same clock counting down. Mm. And so what happens is the, the average trainer is taught by the entity who allows them to train and who governs the success of their finances. They're taught to use these tactics, put it on sale, <laughs> make it scarce, right. build false urgency. In other words, you'll sell the way you bought. Get them to buy anything. Mm. And now what happens is you're the trainer. You're like, well, this is what my my certifying body does. Of course I'm going to do that. Of course I'm going to have 17 different packages that you can buy. Mm. Of course I'm going to take your money for whichever one you decide to buy. It's not how the coach wants to do it. It's how, been, it's how I've been taught. Yeah, and they know. Deep down, they know. They're like, fuck, there's got to be a better way. I just don't know it. Nobody around me does. It's like the kid who grows up in a bad neighborhood who only knows you know, athletes, drug dealers, and, and people doing nefarious things. Yeah. If that's what success looks like, that's what you're going to do. Mm -hmm. The trainer who wants a better life for themselves usually doesn't know somebody who's doing it. It requires risk. It's ballsy. It's hard. Most people don't know somebody doing it. And there isn't yet, there isn't yet, I'd say that we're working on it, but there isn't yet this institution that even vaguely promises there's not. If you go through this, there's a high likelihood of financial security. There's not. It's 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 what we're working on. Mm -hmm. I believe that there is a high likelihood of financial security going through active life, but mm -hmm. it's as a result of the skills that we taught yes. you, not as the result of somebody looking to hire you Correct. right now. Correct. No, no, nor as a result of you being able to, to bear letters after your name that everyone will say, I have to assume. Because you're an ALP. Correct. You know? and, and, and the burden is on us, by the way, because people want to... Most people want to graduate and be hired. Mm -hmm. They don't want to graduate and be an entrepreneur. It's like scary one to scary two. Mm -hmm. I see that. I, I see you. If you're the person out there right now who's like, I would love to take your ALP if it led me to a career that was right. guaranteed, even if it didn't pay me as much as I could make as an entrepreneur. Right. I want the security and the fulfillment. I want to give that to you. Mm -hmm. I'm working on that. That's... That's what I want to give to you. So if you got this far in this episode, by the way, and that's you, please send me a DM. I promise not to sell you something, but to talk you through how you can start to have the security that you want today working wherever you are. Mm -hmm. That's what we're working towards. I see a world in which there are, I don't know how many, I don't want to throw a fake number out there, but enough active lives around the country and the world that when you do go through the ALP education and mentorship, there is a reasonable level of certainty that you're going to be hired on the other side. And if not by us, then there are companies who will want ALPs to provide the services that an ALP is capable of servicing. On Hospitals, schools, corporations. Hospitals, schools, corporations, uh, corporate wellness companies, all the sort. Mm -hmm. And I believe that that's the lever that sends us as active life through the moon and replaces or innovates on an industry that already exists mm -hmm. where Everybody understands the ALP is undeniable. Mm -hmm. Everybody understands they're worth $150, $200 an hour. And everybody wants per session, to be- Per session, not per hour. Per session. I'm just using the words that they might use today. 
And everybody understands that the education has a high likelihood of leading them to that. And so demand for the education goes up, value of the education goes up, everybody wins. That's, that's what I'm seeing. That's what I'm working towards. And I understand that today it's not totally there. And that's our job. Well, I think it's, I think it's helpful for both people who have ever worked with a personal trainer, have thought working with one, what they're dealing with. And I think it's valuable for all of us to consider that like doctors and like physical therapists and chiropractors, most personal trainers are interested in doing something great to help someone. Mm -hmm. And they don't always have all the opportunity to give everything and they end up doing something completely. Yeah. What are we talking about in episode four? The individual, the right. person who, who wants and needs the help. All right. See you out there. Turn pro.